Whatever business you're in, growth isn't just about getting bigger. At ADP, we believe it's about getting stronger by turning data into insights so you can build teams that work as teams. By using our AI technology to help catch payroll errors before their errors. And by keeping ahead of thousands of changing regulations so you can keep ahead of everything else. ADP helps businesses like yours grow stronger every day. ADP, HR talent, time, and payroll. Welcome, 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 welcome to the sidelines. It's your boy Alan C in the place to be. What is it? It's your boy Ryan the Wiggies. What's up, everybody? Unashamed Herb here. Welcome to Skyline Talk. Woo! It's a fight. It's a hot one in Baltimore. But hey, man, thankful to see my brothers made it through another day, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. See how it's about to storm outside. Oh, it's it's storming right now. Done up, so I'd probably move y'all way now. Yeah, oh, man. Uh, man, look, let's let's just go talk about the storm in Kansas City. Mm. Let's just go straight there. Five oh three boy. Hurricane Pat. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. First off, ten years and it's been reported five hundred and three million dollars. Mm-mm. I ain't want to count somebody money, but that that's a lot of money to play some football. That's Listen, a lot of money to play some football. That's not even counting merchandise. Baby, he got his own money. <laughs> Baby, he got his own money. <laughs> Think about all the merchandise. Like, what, what, head and shoulders? Is this more of the... I don't know the other ones, but oh. yeah, man, he gonna get some more. Yo, half Yo. a belly to play football for ten years. You know what? That's that's that is amazing, man. That is absolutely amazing. But when you think about. The fact that, you know, they put their life on the line every time they take a snap. Payout seems about right. Yeah. I think the funny thing is people were expecting maybe 200, mid-200 overall contract. They was like, <laughs> middle finger here, middle finger here, 400, no, five. Mm. Yo. The question is, I don't even want to put it this way because I don't know. I guess you know, without talking to our uh, our capologist Roland, he says he's looking at it saying like dealing with the TV deals and just going forward and all, and how the cat keep moving up. This is going to seem like nothing in a few years. Mm-mm. Not at fifty point three. It's still going to seem like something. $40, 50 million dollars deals per season. Ooh. Yeah, if it's worth fi- if he get the whole thing, it's worth fifty point three a year. You're not going to forget that. I'm sorry, that's 
the cap right now is at 35. Russell at the most at 35. <laughs> That's what I was thinking when they said 40, because I was thinking 40 for five, like 40 million dollars a year for five years. So that would 205 years, 200 million dollar deal. That's what I was thinking at first. But then he said 10. I was like, there's no way you stay at 40 because, like I said, Russell's at 35 now. So 10 years, that deal was going to be, um, I don't want to make it seem like it's not a lot of money, but it's not going to be a lot of money because the cap is already at 35. And you've seen it go from Joe Flacco's 20 to 40 in, in eight years. Or seven years. He signed his contract in 2013. <laughs> And that was 20, and that was the top deal at the time. Lord, Six for 120. Man. Did the storm pass you out? <laughs> no, it sounds like it's still rolling through. Probably rolling right, further. Right, this press is known a little bit right, right now. <laughs> oh, man. But what does this mean? For the, um, for the the Chiefs as a whole, you know, what does this mean for guys? For, you know, Chris Jones. Mm. Look, I wonder, does this deal, the way it's structured, could it possibly free them up to be able to pay Chris Jones before the season, or or what? Um, it probably it probably does. They, I mean, they had Chris Jones on the franchise tag right now, so you know Chris Jones is a high value to them. To me, if you're going to pay a defensive lineman the top dollar, that means you value that top that defensive lineman as one of the top guys in, in the league. Right. So, I would think that they had some type of contingency plan moving forward to keep uh, Mahomes and Chris Jones. But if they don't... <laughs> He out of spot in Baltimore because I think this is the last year we got Brandon. You good? You frozen? Here come John. Yeah, he look like he's asleep. I think that's that storm that just went past. What they were saying on the uh, ESPN was saying the fact that they was hoping this contract can help them make a long-term deal with Chris Jones before the 15th. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of tough. That's, I don't I don't believe that you're going – I don't believe that you're going to give him the money that he wants. Are you going to give him under Khalil Mack, um, Aaron, Aaron Donald money at three? Are you going to give him – a little bit around where Lawrence is getting paid. I mean, what's the top defensive tackle right now other than Aaron Donald? What's, who's behind As far as skill or as far as pay? Pay. This is all about money. Um, this ain't about skill. I'm about to look it up right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, they was also saying in the next four to five years, this contract may look like uh, he might be the... Uh, around top five, top six money 
when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. So the real question is, which organization is going to panic the most? So right now you have Aaron Donald um, at six years, 135. Then you got Fletcher Cox at six years, 102. And then DeForest Buckner, four years for 84. Kawan Short, five years, 80.5. And then uh, Grady, Grady Jarrett rounds out the top five with four for 68 million. So you said it was Fletcher Cox and who else at the time? So Aaron Donald is 135, six years. Fletcher Cox is six years, 102. Um, DeForest Buckner is four years, 84 million. So let me ask you a question: Do he deserve Fletcher Cox money, or I would think like, so. A little bit, a little bit under, but more than Buckner. Ninety. Let's go. Um, I would say about ninety. <laughs> No, no, Fletcher Cox is just... Hold on. Should we look at the stats for both of them, like, in the past two years? No, at, I was looking at, at age, actually. Huh? Both of them are hit 30 by the end of this season. And Chris Jones is younger than both of them, if I'm not mistaken. Right. I just don't see him getting Errol Donald money, so I think his Mark Fletcher Cox, um, Buckner. So you check check off. Um, Chris yeah, he's twenty six. Chris Jones is twenty six years old, and Fletcher Cox and Andy, mm, Fletcher Cox and Aaron Donald are twenty nine. So I would give him more money than, than Fletcher Cox. I don't say how, though. He should get more money than Fletcher Cox. So in 2018, Fletcher Cox had 10 and a half sacks. Last year, three and a half. Um, and they both, they both years had 40 plus tackles. For Fletcher Cox in the last two years. So, last two years, Chris Jones had, 2018, he had 40 uh, tackles and 15 and a half sacks. And then last year, he had 36 tackles and nine sacks. Mm. Like I said, he's younger than Fletcher Cox, so I would have every one more. uh, He had, uh, shit. He made he should have made this case better and and, and uh but 2018 the force Butler had 67 combined tackles, 12 sacks, 2019 he had 62 and seven and a half. Hold on, I'm I'm sorry, I was looking at the wrong thing. His combined tackles, Chris Jones' combined tackles was 40. He had t- 35 total. 40 combined. Mm. Wrong there. You should get uh, 
110, maybe 115. Yeah, I see Flex was at 102, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, 105 to 115, anywhere in that, in that range. Yeah. Because I don't believe, I think what they're going to do is, as an organization, they're going to try to uh, puzzle up their defense, making sure they uh, get good players and go cheap with that offensive uh, line route. Always draft somebody new. When it's time to come to to pay somebody, if they want to do overdo it, they'll just say, no, nah, we good. We got the best league. We know he can make you better than what you really are. Mm-hmm. And so it about that age where he can't move around no more, then they're going to have to pay for all of his line. That'd probably be like the closest to this near end of his 10-year contract. Think about it. You got you got a middle linebacker from, uh, what was it, Mississippi State? Mm-hmm. It's a running back that you think is versatile, who can help you out through years. And it's especially with them. They always gonna go speed. They can get speed in any type of round. I just think they're gonna always stay young in the offensive side mm-hmm. and try to pieces on the money side on that defense. Because you can't Sean Watson to keep going down the field on you. You can't afford uh, Lamar Jackson to scramble out the pocket and make something happen home one hit. Right. You can't afford <clears throat> uh, Miami find a way to put that team together and. And tour do something amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the AFC ever. You can't afford Cam Newton having one of his. If he if he do get a, a contract with New England the next year prior, mm-hmm. and do something crazy. I mean, if they say this this, this is a cat friendly contract, well, they better make sure they make the right moves. Yeah, going forward. Yeah, I mean, you already figured they was going to be tight with the cap. Once you pay um, Reed, um, Chris Jones, and Pat Mahomes, like we already right. knew that was going to be a tight cap situation. You got to let some somebody go that you you want, but you don't need. You got to let somebody go. Mm-hmm. And right. It's just going. It's going to be interesting to see how that falls, especially with no. Um. Especially with no offseason right now. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It's a bad day for Jerry Jones. He got to deal with that contract and he got to deal with him being silent on the Black Lives Matter issue. He getting it from both communities right now. Players from uh, Mm. me. And then you got to deal with the Dak Prescott contract before the 15th. Dak already signed. Didn't Dak already sign? He signed, but they still got to the 15 to get a big contract. Yeah. I mean, a long term contract. Okay. 15th for this month, right? Yeah. Hmm. I think uh, if you don't put him in a $40 million a year type of a deal with uh, Pat Mahomes getting 45 a year, close to 50, he's going to leave. Hmm. Yeah, because I mean he's not. Get another, if you tag him next year, what's that? Another 30, 30 high thirty. Yeah. So you put sixty in two years. 
but it ain't no guarantees with that. You can get injured and you know you you don't get no guaranteed money after that. Yeah, I mean, that shouldn't be in that conversation, but he feels like he is. And I think somebody's going to give him that. I don't believe, see, I, I think we disagree. I, I believe that what he's shown and what Carson Woods has shown, not talent-wise, I'm not talking about talent-wise, what they both have shown. Availability. why he can't get that contract or above. I just don't. You give us some handicap, a uh, hundred million dollar contract, hundred million guarantee, whatever, because of his potential. Yet to show you that he can last through a physical game. I will be scared if he's in the AFC. I will be scared if he's in the NFC North. Like those are some grueling, tough divisions. Mm-hmm. Whatever. If he's in the NFC South, maybe. But he's shown in the NFC East, he can't make it through a whole season. I mean, he made through the whole season. He got hurt the first game of the playoffs. Exactly. <laughs> and when I need you to a Super Bowl caliber, that type of a, uh, a, a QB, and I need you to last. We just seen frail Tom Brady get hurt once major in his career. Yeah. But Tom Brady not frail. He just, he's soft. He's not frail. There's a difference. Hey, in this day and age, that's both from consequence. Tom Brady know when the rush is coming, I'm just going to duck and just going to live to play. I'm going to live to see another down. Because he know <laughs> he, he might not, he might cough that ball up, just like how he did versus Oakland. Now Las yeah. Vegas. Yeah, yeah, but like I said, he know he know to to stay down if he. What's the uh, what defense challenge the the chief? Say one more time. Paper. What defense challenge the Chiefs the most? I mean, not to be a homer, but we do have the best secondary. Baltimore definitely does because we have we have three corners all three of them can play physical all three of them can play speed all three of them can play in space and then that's not even adding back Tavon Young who can play in the slot okay <laughs> so and now you have linebackers so Earl Thomas is not playing close up to the line you, you actually back Earl Thomas up you can actually keep Chuck Clark back so that helps the secondary even more because Earl Thomas is not trying to come up here and play the run and play the pass at the same time. We got linebackers for that now. Any uh So I would say I would start with us. I think it really depends on what their front does. But losing Chris Harris is a big deal. But I still like Denver's defense. The Chubb, um, I'm Chubb, Von Miller, and um, Casey they just got from Tennessee. I said yeah. mean rush, but yeah. like I said, you lost Chris Harris. I think they picked up a corner. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they got a corner DB. How do you feel about Buffalo's defense as a whole? 
I think Buffalo is well coached. And so they, I think Buffalo is a well coached team. Their defense is well coached with uh, Leslie and Sean McDermott. So. That's a team that might bliss a little bit more. Once you got Tadavis White on one side, Josh Norman, he might go back to some type of uh, defense because they, they've been known to give a pass rush. That defense might sneak up on somebody and win some games if Josh Allen and that offense can't reduce with uh, Stephon Diggs. What about the Steelers? Their defense is formidable. Again, they're, they're well coached. Uh, I think Mike Tomlin did a hell of a job coaching them last year. Um, okay, what? Uh, name me one. Name me one NFC team, and I'm gonna flip the narrative with the same question. Name me one NFC defensive team, not the San Francisco 49ers that you think that can uh that can compete with the Chiefs or yeah. that's a tough question because I don't know much about their defenses too tough um mm-hmm. I always think offense when I think NFC <laughs> for some reason I just think five power offenses Maybe because I, I watch the a, the NFC South more than any other NFC division, right. and the NFC North defense defensively was good, and it's still they're trying to get back to that. But I kind of I'm not saying like I like the Cowboys defense to be like yeah. But I like what they did when that turret with that off with that defensive line. You see all the acquisitions they got. They got Poe, they got they got um Gerald McCoy, you still got Lawrence, and you got the rest of that defensive front. Like, you got some rotational guys that can help you not only create a pass for us, but to stop the run. And you got your two linebackers right there. That only creates havoc for your secondary. So I like what they're doing. I just don't know if they have the chemistry to do it. On the flip of the night, what offense? You ain't, you ain't got to stick with AFC or NFC. What offense do you think the Chiefs or the 49ers? Um, offensively, I like I like the 49ers, but if we're, we're taking those two teams out that was in the Super Bowl, um, I like what Dallas is trying to do on offense. Um, I think Denver deep offense is all dependent on Drew Locke and how much of the system that he he's grasped and learned from year one to year two. I like what deep the Denver has. They have they pretty much the um the Noah's up of the AFC West, but from the Chargers to Denver, they got two of everything. They got two good wide receivers or. Maybe even three good wide receivers, two good running backs, a good quarterback if he stay healthy, and then I think um, Noah Fant came on towards the end of the year last year, so they got a good tight end. So I'll rock with them offensively. I would say first half of New Orleans. 
I think Drew Brees um starts dying off around Thanksgiving, especially if you play the whole. If you play every game, he's almost start dying around Thanksgiving. He don't have the deep the deep pass on him anymore. It's still accurate, but it's accurate from fifteen yards and in. That's one of the things, other than defense, if they can get that defense together with, I can't, I still can't see them not. Oh, they are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you got your tight end player, you got Eddie, Emmanuel Sanders, you still have to Of course, it's not as great as when you had but he's still formidable. You got your offensive line just... With Emmanuel Sanders and, and uh, the tight end, it's just hard for them not to think you, you're going down the field any time in the game. With Michael Thomas is your number one. Yeah. Um, what offenses do you think can compete with the Chiefs and the uh, 49ers this year? Heard? That's what we were discussing. <laughs> now, I said, what two teams that you think offenses that you can think can keep the 49ers and the Chiefs off the field? Because I said it was. Uh, well, because they were Super Bowl. All right, I got you. Um, I, I, I jumped in. I hear you guys talking about the Saints, so I agree there. Uh, I, I agree with the home team. I know y'all probably mentioned it already. So, uh, Ravens, Saints. Um, cool. Offenses, right? Mm-hmm. You can do offense and defense. We cover both. Yeah, we cover both. I'll say, I'll say this, and this is a bit of a caveat. Like if if the quarterback, because the quarterback to me ain't bad. It's like you are, you know what you want to get. Like if the quarterback is on his game, I would think the Chargers would be another team. Tyrod's a threat to run. He's a solid passer. Um, he don't make he don't make a lot of bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with their running game, with Eckler in the in the backfield, with Mike Williams healthy, with Keenan Allen, with Hunter Henry healthy, like I can see that's gonna be a dog division, yo. <laughs> yeah, that's a fire team. And then not to mention defensively, if that defense is healthy, good God Almighty. Yeah. That's a tough. That I see them being a tough team. Like you would think they would get talked about more, but you know the media pushes who they want to push. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if if Tyrod gets the start, like if Anthony Lynn rides with Tyrod this whole season and let uh, Justin Herbert learn and develop, mm-hmm. you never know something special could happen if they quit. Yeah. With the right opportunity, if he gets the chance to show what he can really do, he'll take more chances and he can do more than just game and, and flow in there. Because he don't make them big mistakes. He don't make crucial right. um, mess I mean, up. I, and, and to give another NFC team, it might it might not be popular, but I think Dallas could, could give... Uh, San Francisco fits offensively. I said that. I said that because I love fits with the uh, transition and the um, acquisitions with that defensive line and what they brought into the table. Yeah, that was yeah. 
Offensively. Offensively, y'all going. Say it again. So for offense, I'm I forgot this team, but I didn't really forget this team. I just didn't want to say it. Cleveland. Atlanta. If they can protect the quarterback, they can protect the quarterback. You got a running back down there. If Todd Gurley get back to his form, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Hayden Hurst. Like. A normal day, a normal day, you know, at the office for Calvin. That's right. What that that's what Cal do. Cal run the routes. Like, that's the... Yeah. Yeah. Practice don't get out running the routes. One of the greatest at it. That's what him and, and um, Jerry, uh, what I call him, Jerry Jones, Jerry, Judy, they run routes. Right? They route technicians. <laughs> you have to, you that's what I'm saying. Like, Started standing off his blaze and you ain't blink. I was like, what? Alright, it's fish frozen. <laughs> <laughs> the boy got his own money, y'all. That's Conversation and then um, questions we just asked you. Tough. 
<laughs> this is tough. Because it's like, do I want to go sports history? Do I want to be fan on this? Like, it's tough. But I came to my decision on the NBA. If I only had one to pick, and I'm going to go with this one because I was alive during this one, and I remember watching this game with my father. And it's the 1998 NBA Finals, Game 6. I'm going to Utah. I'm going to see Mike. I'm going to see Mike and Pip. And Pip with the bad back. Ooh. Wow. I didn't expect that one. It's tough. I was thinking 85 finals with the little baby hook from, from Magic. Yeah. I was I was on Kobe's 60-point uh, farewell. Um, I was looking at <laughs> no, because I remember like being like, yo, that farewell game, bruh. You know, I paid for that in the morning. Like, I didn't get the bed till about four o'clock. The, the adrenaline was already yeah, pumping. I couldn't go to sleep. I was, <laughs> I was, I was, I was so hyped. I right, sleep all right, I couldn't go to sleep. So I was up till about four, almost five o'clock, and I had to be to work at eight. <laughs> I paid for that, oh. but it was worth it. I'm like, ah, I could have, I could have been sending a quote for that one. Watching it, watching that game now, it's totally different. I, I watched it a couple of times. Yo, I, I, it's too emotional right now. I can't like, nah. It was, it was a sense of pride because I had to show my niece. She asked me, you know, something about Kobe. I was like, well, Kobe versus LeBron. I was like, well. You know, LeBron high is 61. This man did 60 on his way out the door. <laughs> Jesus. John, you got one? I was stuck. But I'm going to go with, I, I can say two of my favorite players. It'll be pretty much that, that game one, 76ers versus Lakers. Mm. Why game one, though? I'm fan. I like, I, I like Kobe. I knew Shaq was dominant, and you really didn't see no, want to see nobody too much on the 76ers, but AI. But that game right there to go back and forth, that have been something to watch in that late like that. Well, I game one, though. You know what's funny? And what swept back to that? Right. That's why yeah. I said, well, I game one. <laughs> That's the only one we lost that year. But that, that game was fire, though. That game it was. Fire. It was. I'm an AI fan. So it, it was fire. I was like, damn, could somebody stick this little motherfucker? All right, that's not 50. Here come 50. <laughs> like, it's just... And if I had, a, if I had a, uh, another one to say, it would have to be the Boston versus LA when Garnett won. Because anything's possible. I wanted Garnett to win one. Win something. Yeah. So. I don't I know who you are, right? I was happy. I'm not happy, but I was happy. You know what's crazy? Before we traded for Power Gasol, I actually thought Boston was going to win. I would be fine with it because Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, and KG deserve running. Like, they all did what they could individually, and then they got together. It was like, all right, yeah, y'all can win. And it's a Boston team. I'm saying this. 
But then we got Paul Gasol and met him in the finals. I was like, oh, no, man. Y'all niggas coming next year. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. For me, it's like, like, pretty sure it was tough for y'all. I literally just changed my answer when John was talking. Mm. <laughs> I, I was just, like, when I first came up with the question, I'm like, I'm going to the 81 game. I'm going to see 81 points. Mm. Mm. Like, I'm going to see that. But now I'm thinking about it, like, It'll be nice to see that. It'll be nice to see um, the game when they beat Portland and he threw the lob to Shaq just to hear how that crowd won. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice to see that game. One of the comeback games against Sacramento would be dope to see. Magic and Mike will be dope. Penny and Shaq will be dope to see. But I'm going with it wasn't a playoff game. It was just a normal regular season game. 19, I want to say it was 98. I think it was 98. Kobe and Mike in the Windy City. Mm. I think Mike finished like 30-something. He didn't finish the game. Like he, he sat down early. They got the dub, but Kobe went off to, I like, I, nah, never mind. I can't go to that game. Jesus. Let <laughs> me switch it again. Alright, I'm cheating. I'm cheating. I'm done. I'm done. I'm cheating. <laughs> the only game the game I'm gonna pick because this I'm picking this game because literally four of my five actually, yeah, four of my five favorite players played in this game. I'm going to the nineteen ninety eight All Star game. Right at the gut, that's the gun. The guard. All right. Is it the guard? I think that's 98, right? Yeah, it's 98. Yeah, 98. KG, Kobe, Mike, Penny, Shaq was on the bench. I think he was hurt or something. I don't think Shaq played. Mm. Well, Shaq might have played. I can't remember. But all my favorites in one arena, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's not even. That's not even fair. I would have to put that in a whole separate category. For me. I mean, All Star games. I had to go back to '92. Ooh, Orlando. When Magic won, he didn't even play that season. He won uh, All Star game MVP. Man, Man. you got Magic, Z, Mike, Pip. All right, what about the fifty yard line? Ah, fifty yard line. Club level. You could, you could be on the field of all I care. Hmm. Yeah. You got passes to be on the sideline. How about that? Okay. To see this whole game. See, this one was kind of easy for me because even though I'm a Ravens fan through and through, my favorite team, favorite season is the 1998 Denver Broncos. They were just on a whole nother level for me. With yeah. John... TD, Shannon, and then that defense was popping every day. So I might have to go to that yeah. Super Bowl when they beat Atlanta. Okay. Alright, so it's too difficult. It's too difficult? <laughs> yeah, for me. 
But you trying to decide who gonna go to a Super Bowl or not? I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure everybody picking a Super Bowl. I like to pick. Maybe five passes all game. Just everybody running. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. With football, with football, I'm going to switch it up. After we, I, I, I got to follow up. I got to follow up to this. Okay. I would say, as much as I want to go to the Super Bowl when we put the lights out in the, in the New Orleans much as I would like to do that, I changed my answer already. No, I probably would say I want to go to New England when the Ravens beat New England um, to go to go to the Super Bowl. Every championship game that year. I want to go there. Just in here. <laughs> I'm not changing my hand. I'm not changing my hand. <laughs> and now, now I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I was deciding between that game and the game when we beat the Titans and Ray Strip Eddie George, mm-hmm. and you heard the crowd go silent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? But I, I chose with the other one because you know we scored more points. This was more balanced when we beat Foxborough. I would love to be there. Yeah. I'm gonna change my answer. Shut down Dallas. That was a fullback, but you couldn't get in front of him. <laughs> Damn. So I might pick the Ravens game, so let me. That wouldn't even be fair. All right, I'm going to go the same Super Bowl year, but Ray's last home game in the playoffs. Okay. Okay. I'm going to have to, like, stand in five or six hours and pick that game and stuff back up. Huh? What's your last home game? The last home game, Indianapolis, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, my nerves were shot that Super Bowl. I couldn't do it when they started coming back. <laughs> No, it was it felt good then because I I remember that day. That was a good January day. So I had to go pick my cousin up and my sister and my nephew, and then we went over to my father's house. So no, that was a good January day. That wasn't a cold January day. The the day afterwards, I mean the week after when we played Denver, that was cold. <laughs> Yeah, front row seats to watch any football player in this prime, who would it be? 
any football player in his prime. Can I be biased? Well, I, I, all of it is biased. Um, I'm gonna go. My, yeah, cause I wanna. Yeah. I'm gonna say my favorite football player, Ed Reed, but I worked or went to a lot or watched all of them anyway. <laughs> like, I'm about to say, I seen Ed Reed play, so I'm good. Right, I seen a lot of Ed Reed. That's why I'm, that's why I was stuck. I was thinking Dion, and then I'm just thinking like, but Dion was sat down his side in the field, so he wasn't really doing no more running back before. Just made it look good. Fuck, Barry Sanders. Hey, I'm saying, I never got a chance to see Barry Sanders play live. <laughs> what? You ain't seen Barry Sanders play? I never got a chance to see him live. That's the only one that's like on my top oh, 10 favorite players ever to see that I've never seen live. Him and Michael Irvin are like the only two in my top 10 ever that I've never seen live. Reggie White. Damn. I never seen Reggie play live either. Let me I'm guess, sorry. guys. The Reggie White was the first time came to your mind, huh? Yeah, easy. That was no-brainer. Reggie White abused grown men, though. Oh, my gosh. My niggas got to go home after that. <laughs> Yeah, because I'd have tagged the shit out of niggas off of that head bull rush with Reggie head. I'd have been ignorant. <laughs> you, you like that too, nigga? Get you like that. Boy. I'd have been ignorant off of that one, bro. For me, offensively, it would be Walter Payton. Hmm. I'd like to see him. Sweetness. <laughs> like mm-hmm. to see that see that live. And um defensively I probably had to go LT. Mm-hmm. I mean because like, them two I ain't get to see like even on T V in their prime. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the closest I say LT to his prime was he was wrestling Bam Bam Bigelow. So, he <laughs> 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 wrestled <Mania. laughs> so, <laughs> I want to see coked up LT straight from the club mm. on the field. I want to see that LT. Right. Yeah, so I go both Sanders there. Offense and defense, Barry and Dion. Shout out to Charles Woodson because he a close second. Oh, you reminded me something. So, I ain't going to tell where I seen this at. But, somewhere in Facebook, in the social media world, mm. I seen somebody post a uh, status that said, 
Besides interceptions, please tell me how Avery is a better safety than Brian Dawkins. What? Now, he did preference the comments by saying, Baltimore fans, no, y'all gonna let me have it. But, yo. Now, before I say this, B Dog is a hell of a safety. But only person I'm comparing to Ed Reed or putting in that bubble with Ed Reed is Ronnie Lott. It ain't B Duck. Sorry. <laughs> That's my guy. I like I like Darkness. But nah. Not with Ed. <laughs> Listen. I like like the next of them. But the only elite thing I'm asking him to do is to make a speech before the game. <laughs> That's about it. If he can get you hyped up and go through the wall just as mm. much as Ray can. Right. So, nah. Yo. I, I, I mean, pump return, pump yeah, blocks, read the field. Um, tackle. Tackle. <laughs> but B Duck is a hell of a tackler, too, though. So, I don't want to say, like, B Duck can't tackle. Well, I think people forget that Ed Reed could. Because Ed Reed had the little net thing. Ed Reed was feared. Period. Because, like, he'll come in the box and hit you in your mouth. Pick up the fumble and score. Or he'll line up at, 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 at end. At end. Showing he about to blitz. And you throw it deep down the field. He back there picking it off. Right. <laughs> Like, yo. Oh, I say read the field better than you, anybody. You ain't have legendary QBs worried about Brian Dawkins the way they worried about Ed Reed. Nah. Not at all. I said not to disrespect Dawkins. I love Dawkins, but he's just not Ed, yo. Now, the biggest, the, his, the guy that's posted his uh, status, the, his biggest um, knock on Ed was he played with Ray Lewis, Haloti Nada, and Terrell Suggs. Okay. And he didn't have to call a defense. Whereas in Philly, Brian Dawkins ran that defense and they built the whole defense around him. That's what gives Dawkins the edge in his mind. That's fair, but you're not going to say he didn't act like the Eagles didn't have a defense, especially when they went, what, 14 or whatever, and kept going back to... Right, they had free. They had, um... Trick O. Why no bum? No. Who else you had? You had, um, you had Trotter? Jeremiah Trotter, right. Um, they had Samuel on corner. You had Santi Samuel. Yeah? Yeah, I mean they had a defense. They kept they went to four straight NFC Championship games. They had a defense. Troy Vincent went no bum either. Yeah, Troy Vincent in the secondary with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. And, and and to go and to go to that, what killed his argument was when Ray had went out, he had to lead the defense and he got defensive MVP. So 
That's right. That's the thing about right. that argument was, was stupid because everybody on that team knew all the plays and all the assignments because they wanted to win as a whole. That defense held a high standard, so they all knew. Everybody on that that he called out probably could call the playbook if they wanted to. Mm. Right. Crazy, man. He, he can't knock the fact that the organization drafted it and got choirs better than Philly on defense. Yeah. Even though they all in an NFC championship. I mean, it, then, but they get the job done. But that's the thing, though. Like, if you play football, it's a lot easier to rush the passer with with reckless abandonment if you can trust that you got Ray Lewis and Ann Reed behind you. It's a lot easier for me to take a little step, a false step, if I know Suggs is rushing the quarterback. And I got Ray Lewis picking up anything in front of me that I may miss. Like, you have a team for that. That's the whole reason you have a team. But they relied on every shutting everything behind them down. And that's that allows you to play faster moving forward. If you can trust somebody behind you. Because if I'm on the line and I don't trust the linebacker behind me, my rush is a little bit slower because I got to come back to make that tackle or make that play that happened behind me. <laughs> like, he literally controlled, <laughs> like, the whole secondary. Right. <laughs> I, could, I just laughed at it. I didn't even bother getting to with this guy. I just I just looked at looked at the comments and was like, wow, this guy's on to something. He wasn't scared of... Dawkins returning something and turning into six. You aren't scared of Dawkins at all. Dawkins can hit, but if you unless you're a wide receiver coming across the middle, you're not worried about Dawkins. <laughs> and he's you know, he's a Hall of Fame talent, rightfully so. But in my mind, Brian Dawkins and Rodney Harrison were are known for that. Right. For finishing people. Right. You know what I mean? They they just it, it, it knocks you out. Right. That's about it. That's about it. Like you know, difference between them two and like, or difference between like a guy like Bob Sanders and Brian Dawkins is just the injury. Yeah. Yeah. He made a huge difference to Indianapolis defense. That yeah, they won the Super Bowl. Right. When he came back. From like that whole year, everybody ran on him. When he came back for those four playoff or three playoff, was it four? Can't remember. Yeah, four playoff games. And he played all of them. That's Xfinity cutout. Well, he back. There you go. Is he back. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still yeah, he back. I'm, it's fine. <laughs> we good. We good. All right. Yeah, you good. You good. Yeah. So um. I don't like you all right, there you go. Um, damn, I forgot what I was saying. You said when he came back for the last three games. Oh, yeah, when, when Bob Sanders came back for those four games, you couldn't run on him anymore. <laughs> he made that big of a difference on that defense by him being there, playing the box, loading the box. You know, Larry Johnson and Jamal Lewis, two of the best running backs in the league of the early 2000s, couldn't run on him at all. And then again, we, that's all we could do. It wasn't like we was passing the rock either. <laughs> we had every game, one game, but you. <laughs> huh? 
And McNair won a game with you. Nah. <laughs> Act like he was back in high school. He ain't know how to do nothing. When he got to play up. Mm. Uh, let me go back to Pat Mahomes real quick. I don't know if you guys addressed this while I was off or not. But a wise man once said, they'll hail you to nail you. No matter who you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you live for their praise, you'll die from their rejections. Yeah. The way the media works, they're praising Pat Mahomes now. But he has a gigantic target on his back now. Where every failure is going to be scrutinized. Everyone. Every single one. It's going to be more scrutinized than Peyton Manning ever was. And the funny thing is, Aaron Rodgers don't get scrutinized at all. Nope. He not a, in 10 years. He had excuses for days. Well, that's, that's where Mr. Bad Guy comes in. <laughs> right. Al something. I'm sorry. Right. My bad, Al. <laughs> That's how I run that. So. But with Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, too, I'm going to put him in there already because I know he's about to get a, a crazy, ridiculous contract. I'm already getting texts in my phone talking about Baltimore better not pay him that. I like, and go to what? What? <laughs> what is up with Baltimore people not paying people here at all? Right, that's why I'm like, if we let him go, you can be like, oh, y'all let go of MVP, but we pay him, why y'all pay him all that money? I, it's already on my phone, so I already know it's going to start, so I'm going to put Lamar in that conversation too. Once you win that MVP, and you get that type of money, every single step you make is going to be criticized. I'm confused. This is, this is one city that always catch, look on the outside, look at or look on the other side of the grass. Think things are green. He always want the new thing or the next best thing. But he's not a um he's not a Ravens fan. He's just from Baltimore. He a he a somebody else fan. <laughs> I ain't gonna put him I'm out confused. there like that. But I'm confused though. I'm extremely confused. Because if you could if you could say Pat Mahomes deserved this money. And look at his game. Say he deserved it. And look at Lamar's game and say he's gone. I'm confused. I've seen Pat Mahomes before. This is the question, word for word, that I got in my... This is the conversation. It says, y'all going to pay y'all basketball player $400 million. He called him... First off, first disrespectful thing, he called him a basketball player, not football player. Now I was like, whatever the Ravens do, you're going to hedge your backs against it anyway. He's like, yeah, especially if they pay a basketball player for hundred million dollars. <laughs> so, funny how people find a way to uh, not pay people, but then sit there and be quiet and and make excuses when somebody who don't deserve money get paid. Like, they, they, they 
can't sit there and say Ronnie Stanley is not gonna deserve the money that he gets, and he gonna get it paid for. You're not gonna you're not gonna sit here and tell me no matter what type of quarterback you think Lamar Jackson is, wins to get money, and he didn't did it at every level that he's been on. What? So he gonna go. I just expect I expected that from. Baltimore fans that we had with, with Joe Flacco. I mean, you know, every season you, you play, you have a winning season. And then as soon as you get the money. That's why I was trying to I was trying to hold back any type of praise or criticism against Lamar because I wanna see and observe these fans that's rah rah with Lamar that's gonna change up as soon as he get his money. I already know what's gonna happen. We've seen it happen already. See, but that's what I think. <laughs> With Joe Flacco, like, the writing was was on the wall. Like, you had to be naive not to see it, that Joe Flacco was slightly above average. And then when the playoffs came, his playoff run, you know, he was like nice top five in the league. You know what I mean? In the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of justified. I mean, the argument's kind of justified back then. With Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson and Kevin Durant has something in common. They are literally the Don't do players it. that we made when we were kids. Don't do that. Yes. <laughs> I'm about to take that Lamar Jackson picture off the wall. Don't do that. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's about the creative players. Like, you made a seven-foot guard. Right. With handles and a jump. And like, jump. Right. Yeah, he's a creative player. I've always said that. Kevin Durant is a creative player. <laughs> Same thing with Lamar. At quarterback, you had you put your quarterbacks to be that 99. He had the arm. He was shaking everybody. He threw for 6,000 yards, 65 touchdowns. Something, Something crazy. Something creative player. Right. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't, I, like, you take your creative players. You don't let them walk out the building. Like, Pat Mahomes is, is a cheat code. Pat is a cheat code. That arm is ridiculous. You're not just going up and just draft somebody and hope they got the arm of Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Especially to get the ball to Tyree. Like, come on. <laughs> right. Pat can still get better, you know. But he's he's not that – like, he's a, he's a threat to keep the play alive, scramble for 10 yards, cool. Or in Tennessee case, he broke a touchdown for like 30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was love. But he ain't the, the true threat as Lamar. Like, Mm-mm. man, if this, if this kid – Continue how he's been. If he get better, and win the ring, <laughs> man, he, he the best in the league. That was another thing he said. The more um, Pat won the MVP in the Super Bowl his first three years. I was like, well, it's Lamar's third year. Let's see what it's happens. Third year. <laughs> he already got MVP. Right. <laughs> he already got an MVP, and his was unanimous. He so. got something that he, he got something that somebody said that he would never win in the day of his life. <laughs> And he did something that uh, Pat Mahomes never did. Unanimous MVP. Right, that's what I'm saying. He, at least his was unanimous. Like, I just, I, I know how it's going to go. Everybody that loves Pat Mahomes, some of them are going to jump off. The, I mean, not Pat Mahomes. Excuse me. Everybody that loves Lamar and touch Lamar mania, as soon as he get paid, and we, if we can't pay somebody and we have a struggle season or whatever. <laughs> The bandwagon is going to it's going to start getting lighter. I've, I've already seen it. It's, it's going to happen. Yeah. 
Exactly right. But then when you ask somebody a logical question, they can't answer it, but they just gonna go, no, nah, man, you just a hater. No, nah, you didn't answer the question. Answer right. the question. <laughs> right. Like, so if I don't, if I don't pay Lamar and let him walk, who else I'm gonna get? I'm gonna draft somebody. Somebody else. I, I take my. Cause no, you sound dumb. Go sit down. Go in the little kids' table. You don't know what you're talking about. Right. Like nah, cause. You want a guy like those those type of guys are Oh I got one. Let's do it. I'm, in my statement I, I thought of a question. Pat Mahomes is really good. We all agree on that. I mean, I would still say yeah because without Hill, let's say Hill has turf toe and he's he's not playing, I still expect Pat to get what he get with Kelsey and, and um Kelsey and Miko and Sammy. I still expect it. I still expect Pat to still put up his numbers without them. And it could be the same issue that people were saying with. With Juju, oh, you got A.B. on the other side of the field. It makes it easier for you to get off. It could be that. But I still expect, what I would expect is for Pat to still do what Pat did. Without. But, but what with that mm-hmm. A.B. and Juju situation, even though you look at Juju with his numbers, that still was the third option, third or fourth option. Right. Because you had Le'Veon Bell, you still had the tight end with the Ben is one of his favorite, and then you go to Juju, and he's wide right. open Of the speed, the hands, 
the leaping ability and the routes. Like he can run the route. Yeah. And if you miss, it's over. It's over. <laughs> Ain't no bumper run. That's all bail. It's over. And what kills defenses is you already give them that five to ten yard cushion. He's not going to automatically go for the the home run. They're going to hit you with the the first down on the eight, the five, the crossing, and then then you start to press a little bit because you're trying to jump, and then he walked past you. Like I said, it's all bail technique. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even try to bump around with with, with Tyree. Your, your speed is not his speed. I'm sorry. But the, but the key is always <laughs> going to be to dismantle that offensive line. Yeah. He's already trying to get the ball out of his hand before three seconds even hit, mm-hmm. and then for something later. But once you dismantle his his uh his rhythm, constant and constant, that's when. That's when he has trouble games, like when he go against the Colts sometimes, and he can't even get more than fourteen points. Mm-hmm. You just you got to smell that offensive line. Yeah, I mean, I was like I said, without Tyreek, I still would expect Pat to get his numbers with Andy Reid and Eric controlling that offense. I would still expect it to get off. All right. Let's give let's give out some some love to the underdogs. Show <laughs> some love to the underdogs. Uh, L, I still don't understand how you hate the early two thousands NBA. Half the teams are unwatchable, just like it is right now. Like half the teams are just. That's not even true. You had like fifteen teams that just. That season was over in September, let alone October, November, and the rest of the season. That season was already over. Nah, see, but that don't make it unwatchable. Yeah, it do. Like, <laughs> if I know there's only three teams that can win it, and all of them all on the West. Nah, nah, man. Here's my thought. Is, right. Here's my thought in the 2000s. Unless there was a major upset. I knew going into the season, Phoenix, Phoenix, LA, and Spurs, the only teams that can win the championship unless there's a major upset. Sacramento? I didn't have them winning the title. They couldn't be past, get past Lakers or the Spurs to me. Biased. That's hella biased. How the hell you put Phoenix in and not Sacramento? Early 2000s. Not. Not looking back. I'm talking about actually looking at the season. Through the season. Not looking back what we know now. Looking Going into the season, Mike maybe is not better than Steve Nash. <laughs> Amari Stoudemire. Uh, no, no, no. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. You're getting mixed up. Because back then, Nash was on Dallas. That's not, that's not the period I was talking about there. So you think about 2006? No, like Dallas. 2007 when he went. When that's he mid, Dallas. That's mid. That's like mid. That's like that's like mid 2000. I'm not talking about the Phoenix with with Jason Kidd and Penny Hardaway broke down. That's not that's not the that's not the Phoenix team I was thinking about. That's not what you was talking about. No. That's not what you was talking about. No, not that team. Because that's what I'm saying. Nash was in Dallas then. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's what I'm like, saying. Wait a minute. <laughs> right. No, not that team. All right. But right. it was just a lot of people right. from from high school that came in and wanted the league down to me. Mm. Brad Miller was also at one point in time. Like, yeah, Brad Miller was an all star. 
So I kind of broke it down in my head by position, like the most underrated, I thought, at each position, and then by category. Like, the most underrated ball handler during that period to me would be Franchise. Steve Francis. I thought he was the most feared. I thought he was the most feared ball handler. Because Francis had that, that quickness, and he also had that bounce. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah. So I yes, Lord. like if you talk back about that decade. A lot of people don't mention franchise and his career didn't pan out as it the early projections were. But ball handling to me, I think back and I'm like, yo, franchise was kind of on a low underrated. Him and BD were like on the low underrated as far as ball handlers. Man, I played in my game after Burn Davis. <laughs> I can't even figure. <laughs> I like that bopping. I like his game. <laughs> um, as far as bounce dunkers, nobody. This is a bias of mine. This is a very Laker bias of mine. Shannon Brown. That <laughs> nigga at six three had bunnies, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I know how they told the old stories about Goat and uh, David Thompson grabbing quarters off the top of the backboard. I feel like Shannon Brown could do that. That's <laughs> 6'3". <three. laughs> uh, we had proof with uh, Vince Carter. We got proof. <laughs> with, um, y'all see the clip when Craig Sager is pointing up at the backboard. You see fingerprints mm-hmm. at like the like right before the top of the backboard. Yeah. He said a few moments ago, Vince Carter stuck his hand right there while his left hand brushed the top of the backboard. Mm. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What are you saying? <laughs> like, get out of here. But no, John, I'm talking like straight bucket getters. Like, like you know who was nice that people sleep on? This overall game was nice, but, you know... They don't get mentioned enough as as being that guy. Antoine Walker. Mm. I can get Lord it. have mercy. Walk down the court with a little semi. <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> Monster. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. A trail. A trail used to be a bucket. Facts. Um. I'm thinking. Yeah, trail. I like Minnesota Trout. Yeah, he's still getting buckets then. Yeah. I would go with that as one of the underrated, underappreciated teams of the 2000s. I love that squad. I love that squad. With Sam and Wally and KG. And... I feel like that's one of the underrated teams. T- they had, and that was, that was, um, I think their team was together, what, two years? Yeah, two or three. I feel like one of them years, Chauncey came off the bench with that team. Hmm. Hmm. Chauncey was everywhere. Chauncey was a, 
he moved around after that. But I can't even put Chauncey in the underrated because, you know, everybody know him as Mr. Big Shot. So, they already know what's up with Chauncey. <laughs> I want to say Katino Mobley, but because of the big three, the young kids recognize that the cat was was like that. I got one for you. And for me, this this is 90s and 2000s, late 90s and 2000s. Nick Van Exel. Nick the Quick. Can I say the pre-Kobe Lakers was underrated? Do you think they were underrated? Huh? The pre-Kobe Lakers was underrated? The pre-Kobe starting Lakers, let's put it that way. Because that, yeah, I mentioned that team was Nick Van Axel, Eddie Jones, Cedric Sabalos, Alden Campbell, and Shaq. But the start of five for that squad. No, they weren't. Well, they yeah, I guess they were a little underrated. I guess so. But, you know, they all did make the All-Star team <laughs> at one point in the same season. Yeah. So. But that was, yeah. that was 90s, though. So, we talking yeah. 2000s. 2000s, I, I was because Nick was just a bucket. Like, he left the Lakers and went to Denver, was getting buckets. Mm-hmm. He was getting buckets with Dallas at the tail end. Like, yeah, I remember him in Dallas. I got another one for y'all. Jerry Stackhouse. I think the 90s when I think Stack, though. Stackhouse was a bucket. Was he yeah. still, was that, is that still, because when I see 2000s Stackhouse, I see Wizards. Wow, you forgot. He was with Detroit. In the 2000s as well. I did. And he, like, think, let me say again. You're in the league with Shaq in his prime. Kobe is, like, on the cusp of his prime. Tim Duncan is balling. AI is running the world. Um, Kevin Garnett, Chris Webber, Rasheed Wallace, Dirk. All these big names, right? Mm-hmm. And who leads the league in, sto- in scoring? Jerry Stackhouse. That's mm-hmm. insane. Okay. That's, yo, that's insane. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, Stack is nice. I just always think, like, 90s Stack. Really. Yeah. But you, I think he came in the league, what's that, the 95? 95? I think 95, 94, well, 94, 95, somewhere around The Grand Hill class or the year after? I think it was the year, I think it was, it might have been the Grand Hill class. Okay. I think it was the Grand Hill class. But Grand Hill they and J.K. Had they drafted Stack. Look at the year. And then they come out and get AI the next year. And then them two, they was put up numbers back and forth. And then eventually they traded the Stack to uh, Detroit. But um, what did they trade him for? I forgot who they traded him for. Might have been Theo Rattler. I don't remember. I can't remember. But mm-hmm. anyway, then him and he in Detroit with him and Grant Hill. Okay. And they was it was it was killing it. And Grant went down, and his stat was just going nuts. 
Okay. Yeah, I missed. I missed Detroit era. That I don't remember that much, but like I said I remember Philly and then Wizards stack. I forgot Detroit. Why do y'all hate me? I'm good. Yeah, that's I, don't, I don't know. Um, I think Ben Wallace was underrated as well as a center. We good? Muted. Why my phone mute? Hey, John, say something. Bring my thing up. I just, I just unmuted. All right, it's Al's, it's Al's mic. Something going on. He might be too close. We got something feeding into each other, I guess. Sorry, that mic.
I don't hear what y'all hear. Make your next career move your best. Verizon Retail offers the potential to earn up to $50,000 annually and amazing benefits starting on day one, including product discounts and tuition assistance. Apply today at verizon.com forward slash retail careers.